I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I'm just that sad. Is really sad. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is Big Bling, bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha packs, exploring their F3 experiences, and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. I would just say um, I'm stoked, like my energy level being in person and just with uh, the, the guests we have today, um, a lot of energy in the room. And our guest today, um, at least the things I remember, man, this guy, um, he started an AO. He's done several mental health uh, related events within F3 Omaha, uh, has recently been instrumental in the retreat. Um, and, and I know uh, I've been impacted by several of his COTs and workouts and uh, just all around uh, great guy who's opened up his uh, office to us today. So uh, Birdman is on the show today. We do have Pony. A little disclaimer, if he has to jet, it's because his baby's being born and um, he has agreed to name the baby the plague if the baby's born during one of these podcasts. I thought it was going to be Birdman. Yeah, yeah, Birdman. If it's today, it's Birdman. But um, Birdman, you know, so I think what we've tried to do is just get some of the backstory, some of the who brought you out, what um, enticed you into F3 and, and what stayed. But some of what I, I hope you can tell us about um, has just been your experience, you know, within F3 too. So start us off just with the beginning. Who aged you and how'd you get involved? Yeah, I, uh, thanks for... Thanks for coming here, guys. I know, uh, you know I should have given Plague. I should have given Plague. We're, we're drinking coffee. I should have given Plague the prep mug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have made you have the, you know, the, the cream prep mug, but instead right. you got the Buccaneers yeah, mug. So that's all right. Uh, but no, thanks for having me on. Well, I look a little bit more like a prep guy anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can pair the both. <laughs> I kind of fit the mold, and you're you kind of look like a legend. Yeah. Although you're copying your best stats, I'm just saying <laughs> that. So I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, thanks for coming here. Um, so I guess my F3 journey or my F3 story is this. Um, Sparty is a guy that I've known for a long time. Uh, he and I went to high school together and, um, you know, we've just seen each other at random places ever since then. And, you know, never been, we were never like super close, but obviously knew each other through sports and activities and retreats and prep and so I always chatted whenever we'd run into each other and two years ago a little over two years ago now we were actually having an alumni event for prep before a Creighton game down at the Blatt and I ran into Sparty and I, I was I had just come back to prep I had been back maybe I don't know five months four or five months something like that and I run into Sparty and he's like, hey man, how you been? And I said, honestly, not great. Um, I'm coming off one of the roughest years of my life. Uh, I was at a, the lowest point of my life. Um, by that point, I had kind of started the upward swing, you know, so I was still trying to come out of it, but there were still a lot of things lingering within me. And, uh, and he's like, I've got the perfect thing for you. He's like, what are you, what are you doing tomorrow at 5.30 in the morning? I'm like, I'm sleeping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, no, I, he's like, I've got this workout group. It's called F3. 
bunch of dudes. We meet at 5.30 every morning. And, and this is December, okay? And I, I'm like, Smarty, so first of all, I hate mornings. So secondly, I hate cold weather. And third, I haven't worked out in months. And he's like, no, trust me. I, it, with everything that you tell me you've been through, you just got to try it. You got to try it. He goes, come come Friday. Um, he's like, just come once. And if you, if you don't like it, I won't bother you about it ever again. So I'm like, okay. So I go to Golden Spike that Friday. And it's cold. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we get the beatdown starts. And uh, about halfway through the beatdown, I... I was like, this is stupid. What am I doing out here? I'm never going to do this again. This is awful. I'm, I'm tired. I'm cold. Um, I'm so out of shape. Uh, I, I splashed Merlot, but halfway through it, uh, I was next to Blue Suede, and Blue Suede was like chatting me up the whole time. I'm like, how can you talk and run at the same time? Like, just be quiet. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, we get done with the beatdown, and again, I'm I'm like convinced. I'm like I'm I'm never. This was great, thanks, Sparty, but I'm not doing this. And we get to the COT, and Doc Brown was cute that day, and his COT was everything I needed to hear in that moment, and it was all about don't worry about the past, don't worry about the future. You can't necessarily control those things. Focus on the present. And what are you grateful for now? And what gifts do you have now? And I knew right then that this was something special and that I was going to come back. And so uh, I tell Sparty all the time. I, I, I thank him all the time. And I, I tell him that he changed my life. Um, because it has been. It's been a little over two years. And the difference that F3 has made in my life is very similar to the difference that it's made in a lot of guys' lives and that it's, it's not so much about the fitness, but it's about hanging out with good, solid men who uh, we have differences, but yet uh, when we have differences, we can put those aside and respect each other and love each other and uh, motivate each other and to become better husbands and fathers and just better human beings. And um, I've just never been a part of, of anything like this in my life. And to be able to connect with other men who are going through the same things, like having kids and the stress of that and, and, and job, going through job changes and, and you know, certain parts of life that you're not necessarily satisfied with, then you realize, like, man, I'm, I'm not alone in this. You know, talking about marriage and how hard that can be sometimes. Um, but I will say it's 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 made my marriage stronger. It's made my relationship with my kids stronger. Uh, I'm in the best shape I've been in since high school. So, you know, it's everything it says it does. It has done for me. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, you love to hear that. And you know. I, Part of what you're saying kind of resonates with me too because there's, I wasn't getting any male community outside of F3. And I, I mean, where were you at, uh, I guess, in that aspect of your life? You know, you're talking about you're at this low point, you're coming up in those swings, but then you're also talking about, well, after this, I'm able to connect with men and kind of grow in different aspects of my life. Did you have any of those opportunities before? Or, I mean, 
I guess what has F3 done for you in, in those areas? Yeah, so I, um, I, I've said this before to people too. It's honestly taught me what real friendship is and what it looks like. You know, free to leave, they go through like the, and I don't know off the top of my head, but like they talk about how, you know, you have your wife's friend's husbands, yeah. you know, you have that group, and you got college buddies or high school buddies, and, um, you know, so I, I certainly had that, and I have, I have three uh, very good friends from high school that we all kept in, still continue to keep in contact and, and hang out with each other. But honestly, this is so this is so different. Um, we have deep, meaningful conversations. Don't get me wrong, and I, and I love those guys. Uh, but this gives me guys to have those conversations with and those interactions with every day if I choose to. So, you know, it's not necessarily a happy hour here or there. It's I can go every single morning and know that I'm going to have a meaningful conversation. Right. And notice I didn't say meaningful beatdown, because there are those two, you know? <laughs> but uh, I don't show up for the workouts. Yeah. I show up to have, to make those connections. So that's what it's given me. It's given me the ability to have those connections every single day. Well, I think that's kind of a similar transition for a lot of people, right? First initial, hey, you're coming for the beatdowns, but then it just morphs into something else, something bigger. So. Yeah, I, you know, Tater and I were talking this morning on a pre-run, and the, you mentioned, like, like-minded men to have those conversations with. So, like, I, I do a lot of talking on pre-runs, and maybe it's perceived as complaining. I, I don't know. I'm not on that side of it. But most of the time, the response that other guys will give you when you're talking about life is, is either, like, me too, it sucks for me too, or, uh, yeah, I've been through that, and here's what helps. But rarely do I hear somebody like respond with, "Man, that's a you problem." You know, like it, like most of the time, it's really really helpful interaction. And I think that's because we're all trying to accelerate in those areas of our lives. So we kind of skipped your your name, but I think you know, Birdman that that comes from your occupation or your job. Is well, I, uh, so when I got in the middle of circle, I explained that I used to I actually used to fly airplanes. I used to fly with a Cessna 152s. I had my pilot really? license, and I think just the the prep and the crazy <clears throat> connection. Yeah. I always thought it was Big One that threw out Birdman, but Big One says it wasn't. I, I can't remember who he said it was. I, I should find that out. But yeah. yeah, somebody threw out Birdman, and it and it stuck. And yeah, I love it. <laughs> I, I, I love it. <laughs> well, so you talked about being in really good shape from F3, and you talked a little bit about fellowship. But the the faith aspect. So I, I'm I want to hear how F3 has helped you grow. But I'm I remember this COT you gave. Um, at Paradise one time, and you actually had us all take a knee and go through the daily exam, and I had never been exposed to that before. It was, it was amazing, but it, it seems to me that faith has been a part of your your life, but has F3 kind of helped to push things forward there, or what's been your... Yeah, big time, because when I, when, I, when I found F3, I was at a point in my life where uh, my faith life kind of took a hit. You know, it's gone. It's been up and down ever since, I mean, really my adult life. Uh, growing up, my mom, uh, she's a single mom, uh, never had a relationship with my dad. 
and she is still a, a really strong faith in us. I grew up Catholic, I'm still Catholic, um, but grew up going to Mass, and uh, a lot of times I go to daily Mass with her or my, my grandma. Uh, her parents basically helped raise us. My mom worked a job with my grandpa. They uh, ran a business out of his basement, actually, and so I grew up going over there and going to Mass with my grandma. And so as, as a kid, my faith was really, really strong, and then going through prep, it grew, and then at Creighton, I actually majored in theology. So, really strong faith, but then you get out of kind of the everyday of it, and you know, you get married and have a family, and there's all these distractions in life, and um, and so I just kind of grew away from that, and and I think that's ultimately what led me down this kind of dark path that I was telling Sparty about that had happened, transpired a couple years before. And, um, but finding F3 or coming to F3, it's, it's made that solid again. The chance to pray with guys every day, to have these conversations. I was at a point in my life when I joined F3 where uh, you know, I had done some things that I was not proud of and I felt like God hadn't forgiven me and that God didn't love me. And uh, FDIC, you know, guys like that were instrumental for me in helping me realize, like, you're more than your mistakes. God has already forgiven you. God forgave you a long time ago. You know, God forgave you. God knew you were going to do the things you did and he... He forgave you the second it happened, and um, you know. So FDI guys like FDIC and 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 you and have you know play having those conversations with you and and so many other guys in in the group that have helped me realize like like I said I'm I'm more than my mistakes and and God forgives and God loves and and that in order to sort of maintain that and not forget about it. I, I've got to make it more of a habit to to put it in practice. So having the ability to to pray at the end of beatdowns, and I experience God through others. Like I believe that God works through other people, and God certainly works through the men that I interact with in F3. And so anytime I, I'm at F3 and I experience other people. I'm experiencing God. Um, and so that's just been a, a, a huge blessing for me uh, to be a part of. And, and again, I, I don't go every day, but on the days that I, that I go, it's, it's nice to have that uh, and to be able to feel that, that love and that connection. Well, I think that's a common feeling, right? I, I feel the same way. Anytime I'm, I guess I feel most spiritually woke or the best I feel in my relationship with God is when I'm spending intimate time with Him constantly. Um, and F3 kind of gives us this opportunity to do that where you're being exposed in this faith aspect. Maybe we could do a better job in, in certain areas, sure. But, I mean, just being able to close out the COT, I'm very much like you. As long as I'm witnessing it or, or hearing it, it brings me that much closer and gives me that much more level of exposure. I feel more confident with where I'm at with my relationship with Him. The longer I go without that, say I'm missing, I'm missing a Bible study with my GC or I'm missing church, then the more strain that gets and the weaker I feel. So I think that's a common feeling that you're, you're kind of expressing right now. And I'm, I'm glad that F3 kind of provides this opportunity for all of us to at least pick back up where wherever we may be. Yeah, big time. And that, I think that was the, the COTs, um, 
Truth Nugget Thursdays that we started at the, at the Berm, uh, Q Source. It's conversations like that that were really the catalyst for this impact retreat. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't able to attend, so maybe you could kind of talk about the impact retreat and you know your overall goal and uh, I guess what came of it. And, and we'll start. So before we get to the impact retreat, because I I do want to get there, but I think so. You come in F three initially skeptical. I'm not coming <clears> back. <throat> it's too cold. It's too early. Then you get hooked. Tell me about the like internal kind of. Um, you know, what prompted you to then, you know, go to a park and, and do burpees until the Nantan, refu- you know, mm-hmm. agreed to open a site? Because I, I think, you know, that's one of my favorite, um, how did this AO start story? Um, and then just your, your leadership there. Because I think there's a lot of tie-ins with um, kind of your motto at the at the berm there too that I'd like to hear about. Well, what prompted me to do it is I was sick of driving 20 minutes <laughs> on a Tuesday or Thursday. Fair enough, fair enough. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I'm being totally honest, yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> no, um, I, there was a contingency. There was a group of of men that I knew were coming from the Northwest Omaha area, mm-hmm. and I just felt like there was a place for it there. Yeah, um, and it's it certainly was not never my intent to be the psyche. I just wanted it. I just wanted an AO out there, yeah. and so I kind of started hammering Tater about it. And I know Sparty had talked to him about it before, and a couple other guys had mentioned it to Tater about that we we needed a Northwest AO, and um, you know, so the idea was was being tossed around, and and I'm like, okay, this we got to make this happen, and so I went. <laughs> uh, big one was out, kind of looking at places and. And so I, don't know, I just put this goofy video together. And <laughs> I said, "Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay here and do burpees, Tater, until you agree to put an AO here." And, and he did. Uh, I think I only stayed there like five minutes though. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, cinematography, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so the AO was started, and they asked me to be the site cue, and I, I was kind of floored, honestly. Um, when I started F3 and I talked about this, you know, I was at a real low point and I was at a place where I felt like I would never lead again and I didn't deserve to lead ever again because of some of the things I had done. And so when they asked me to be psych I was super nervous because I'm like, there's better guys to do this. Um, you know, God, if only these guys knew some of the things I had done, they would never make me a psych Um I'm not worthy of this. You know, all all these all these things. And um, but you know, ultimately thinking through it, I thought, you know, well, maybe this is selfishly, maybe this is good for me, and maybe this is a good first step for me. And I remember calling Tater the night before uh, the launch or the the first day, and and I just told him, I said. I need you to know like what this has done for me. Um, it has given me the confidence that like it's it's okay for me to lead again and that I'm not like this worthless person that I had at one point convinced myself I, I was. Uh, so 
you know, that meant, that did wonders for me as, as a man, as a human being, uh, to be in that leadership position. I know some of you might say, well, God, you're, you're just a psyche, you know, what's the big deal? But for me personally, it was a huge deal. Um, so I, I was super honored to, to do that. And it was, it was cool to see people actually show up and, <laughs> you know, and, and to see that AL grow. And, um, you know, I think it, it's, it's turned into a, a, a strong AO and, and now, uh, Toto's taken over and, and done a great job with it. So, yeah. I mean, you've got to have a, a sense of retribution, right? Right. You're feeling this way. I can't lead these guys. And you're right. I mean, you've turned it into a successful AO. You're, it survived to pass on to uh, someone else, and you're kind of, you know, those roots will always tie back to you. You were able to find a successor. Um, I, I think that's all. It's a success story, I think, from Psyche leadership. So. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, but sites are only successful if, if people show up. And, you know, I, I think a lot of guys go through this. Like when, at least, well, I'll speak for myself. So as a Psyche early on, I was like, Oh God, what if only eight guys show up, you know? Um, and I felt like it was a reflection on me or like when I would queue anywhere for that matter, you know, it's like at first I'd be kind of down when only five, only quote unquote, only five guys showed up. And it took me a while to realize like, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. Who cares? You know, it's like the meaningful conversations you can have. And if, if one guy shows up, it's a, I've, I've been at beatdowns where there were there were three guys. Mm-hmm. Some of the best beatdowns I've been to are single digit numbers. Yeah. It's just way more intimate and and you know and it's not a reflection on on me. It's not a reflection on the site. It's not a reflection on it. You know, but it's like as a man, you know, it's like hard to get that out of your head. There is a uh, component. <laughs> there certainly there is. is. There I think is. you have it. You're like shit. There's only five guys here. What did I do wrong? Do they not like coming to my workouts? But I like what you're saying. I mean, the key or the recipe has always been small workout groups. You yeah, know, it's yeah. great when these sites get up to 30 guys that are posting on average. But yeah. I mean, the real recipe for success has always been small guys because it's small guys like this, three of us. We how our conversation can lead to some type of impact on yeah. each other. So, so what took me a little bit to realize was, I don't consider the Burma success ever because of how many guys showed up or how many guys didn't show up. I consider it a success no matter who showed up because there are meaningful things happening. There are people making connections. There are people having meaningful conversations. It's making a difference in in people's lives. And that has very little to do with me. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the group as a whole. So that to me is what what makes every AO a success is that, hey, if you get one guy to show up, that's a success, man. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you, so it's, the irony is the, so I remember the launch day, and I, I, I'm pretty sure that was one of the first shovel flags that Folsom got really creative and like put a shield on or like started adding. Uh, but but you're the, a lot of the you know kind of motto I'll call it behind the berm was was this idea of locking shields. And so the the irony there is locking shields with like a hundred guys is really hard to do, but locking yeah. shields with a small group is is actually pretty easy. And so I, I just, I love watching um, just that launch. And then some of the conversation over the years or, or over the time you were the site queue, um, I remember a time you, you reached out and you were kind of like, something feels off. I don't, you know, what, what can we do? And um, 
and then you came back to the next workout and you did this really cool um, workout where you had stations, but the, it was AMRAP and some very intentional questions to kind of just create even more relationships. And I think what, what's challenging is we want to measure numbers as like a, as a metric. And I think the reason we do that is because measuring relationships is really hard. There's no, there's nothing I can put in an Excel file that would tell me the relational impact that we're having. And so, so just by nature, we say, well, let's look at the numbers. Um, but to your point, I mean, it's all about the, the relationships. And I think you never know when a guy's coming in, in the, the state you were in, right? Yeah. So like, how do you know that somebody's showing up and, and feels, you know, self-worth is low and self-esteem is low and they just need, they just need one other guy to yeah. be like, I've been there and, and it's going to get better. Yeah. You know? When it first started, we, it was a, we, I would say we had, um, it was just a more quiet group of guys. Yeah. And I did feel like something was missing. Mm. I felt like the fellowship piece was missing a little bit within, within the beatdowns. And I compare it to, you know, when I had gone to the east sites and mainly, you know, west side and, and how people connected there. And, and I just felt like that was missing a little bit. And uh, props to you, Plague, because you were the one that said, um, incorporate 3rd F into the beatdown. And shame on me. I, I'd never thought about that before. I'm like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that was, and you had said, design a beatdown where you have different stations, but you have a question at every station that people have to talk about. And um, I think that lifted a lot of barriers for guys. It got guys to open up a little bit more. And then that kind of turned into, I, I posted down in Tampa, um, and they did this thing, Truth Nugget Thursday, uh, where after the beatdown they got together, whoever queued that day picked a topic, and it was just like a, 10 to 15 minute discussion about a, the topic of the cues choosing. And I'm like, this is, this is incredible. Like I have to copy this. This is so cool. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, we implemented that at, at the berm and it was, it, that's where I feel like it really took off. Yeah. And again, whether there were four guys there or 25 guys there, mm -hmm. Um, to see guys stick around, like a Q source, to see guys stick around and sit in a circle and talk about leadership and, and marriage and being a dad and um, shame and, you know, and failure, like all these things that we can have these meaningful conversations about. And you got a guy sitting next to you that could be 30 years old and you got a guy sitting next to you that could be 60 years old. Mm -hmm. And to get both perspectives, which are both great perspectives, and to be able to learn from each other, it's been a beautiful thing. Yeah, I would just a uh, you know selfish plug to all the other site cues out there. Uh, you know, I I think we would love to see that take off more. You know, it's kind of like cue source may take a little more time, right? You've got the content, and uh, you know you're looking at okay, can people really afford to stick around for? you know, 30, 45 minutes after the beat town. But the TNT by design is, is a little bit, it's not quite as um, time intensive. And I think I remember hearing from guys that participated in some of the first TNTs and they're like, why aren't we doing this at all the sites? You know, and so, I mean, I think we should be doing a lot more of that. I, I do wanna um, 
get your thoughts on because as we're progressing here and we'll get to the retreat so so keep listening for all of you that uh, you know pony gave the teaser but so then from there you, you've got this site and you're leading really well and you're getting your confidence back and then I feel like you and I maybe connected or maybe slow pitch and, and it was like mental health for men is a, is an issue right we've been there we have different guys with different backgrounds different things they've done and we need to give more support to our packs in that area and so we've got the f3 mental battle um and then you organize some things around mental health awareness suicide awareness so talk me through some of those things what i mean has that just become a passion area for you or it it, it has because of what i went through yeah. uh three years ago um I was in a job that uh, was hugely stressful and uh, you know we did great work as a nonprofit we did great work but the job was just not for me and I, I couldn't handle it and I entered into a pretty severe depression and honestly before that you know I had heard uh, about the word depression and like the term mental health and 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 I had this opinion like it's so overplayed like uh, you know that can't be real like yeah I'm sure it's real for some people but come on I, you know and I have a lot I have a lot of guilt about that you know um, being super judgmental about that and all of a sudden you go through it yourself and I wish it wouldn't have taken that but it's like holy crap this is real and then you look at the numbers like 2019 1.4 million suicide attempts in 2019 I don't know 2020 numbers 48,000 deaths over 70% of those attempts were males over 70% I mean that is an outrageous statistic and I got to a place where I felt like I was alone nobody would understand nobody would be able to forgive me i'm at the end of my line it's better off if i'm just not here so i i had a lot of those thoughts and thank god he saved me uh he saved me um because there was one point i don't want to go into extreme detail about it but there was one point where I was really considering like this is this is it. it this my wife my kids my family my friends everybody's just better off if I'm not here and um, I mean I had convinced myself of that or I, I believe the devil had convinced me of that hmm. and in that moment I got a call from my wife and or I thought it was my wife and so I picked it up and I answered it and it was my four-year-old son at the time he was four and he said daddy and I said yeah buddy and he goes when are you coming home and I realized it was in that moment that that, that was not a phone call from my four-year-old son that was a phone call from God saying I'm not done with you yet mm-hmm. um, and I also realized in that moment that as, as bad as I thought it was like even if I lost everything I had to be there for my two boys mm-hmm. um, and so that's really what changed everything and uh, for me and sort of started the starting point of getting me out of of this and i left that job and months later like i already explained i I found f3 and uh, start talking to guys about what i had been through 
and guys are sharing similar stories from what they have been through and it's like man i'm not alone mm -hmm. you know i'm not alone and so that has become very very important suicide prevention awareness has become incredibly important to me mental health has become incredibly important to me because i was at that place where i felt like i was alone and i want to make i want to make damn sure that i can do whatever i can where somebody who was maybe going through that knows that they're not alone and knows that their life has purpose and they have value mm -hmm. and that as bad as it is it is your life still means something yeah. and it has value you know and so and, and you got you just got you got to keep going you got to keep moving um and so yeah it's it's become incredibly uh, important to me um and i think it's powerful for other guys to share their stories and you know mental health doesn't stop at depression right. you know it's alcoholism drug addiction you know all these things that affect our decision-making and ability to be the best versions of ourselves um, you know it, it it can be depression you know uh, but a lot of these things have come to light and um, you know I feel like God has brought me to this point to to try to help in this area where and when I can and so uh, September there's suicide prevention week every September where I try to organize a run. Uh, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Again, try to organize some sort of run. It's super informal, and yeah. guys show up if they can. And um, you know, just hopefully lets guys know that that they're not alone. And and it's also important that we we remember uh, we remember individuals who have lost that battle, mm -hmm. and we remember family members who have had other family members or friends who have unfortunately lost that battle. And so I, I just think it's, it's important and it's become an important piece of my life. Yeah. Well, I certainly appreciate you. I had never heard that story. So I think it's a very powerful story and I really appreciate you sharing and opening it up about it. Um, I also commend you on, you know, kind of putting this in the forefront taking a position of leadership saying, hey, this is something that I value and I think is of great importance to everyone else. Here's some opportunity for you to become a little bit more knowledge about the situation. Um, you know, it makes me certainly think a little bit more about the invitations to come on runs during those times, you know, just having your perspective and, and your story. You know, everybody struggles and <clears throat> you don't have to be diagnosed with depression to be depressed. You can have bad days and you can be sad um, and not everybody who has a bad day or is sad is going to go to necessarily those extremes but whether you're at an extreme or just having a bad day it's nice to know that somebody's there <laughs> somebody's there for you and somebody can can lift you up and, and and really pick you up and that was that was sort of the catalyst behind the logo for the berm was if, if you look at the logo, there's a guy who's standing up on top of a berm and he's a soldier and he's got his head down. He's a sad clown. Mm. And you've got guys in front of him that are will protect him at all costs. And in order to get to him, you gotta go through them. And uh, you know, I was that guy in that position where I was, I was the sad clown. And you know, guys in F3, 
they were that shield lock for me. They protected me. They lifted me up. They built me up. Um, and eventually that guy who's standing on that berm, he's going to go in that group of men that are protecting somebody behind him. And I actually didn't know the history behind that logo, so that's <laughs> pretty, pretty impactful. Yeah. Well, awesome. you know, if, if you listen to uh, some of the old podcasts from like Dread and Dark Helmet, they talk about um, Get Right, and it's really all of the stuff in F3 content, but the Get Right, they talk about the fact that it's not a it's not a once and done. It's not a checklist where like, okay, now I'm right. You know, it's every day I wake up and I've got to, I've got to take the, the daily red pill and I've got to get right. And I think for me, what I've noticed is, is that the sad clown syndrome, depression, it's all, it's all very similar, right? It's like a daily struggle to like, you know, get right, stay right. And to like fight off the sad clown. Cause it's always kind of lurking there, at least, at least for me. And so I've, I've really enjoyed the runs cause we get to hear other guys' stories, but also um, guys that show up that, are just there to, to support, um, and that's been yeah. really cool. I, the other thing, I guess, from my perspective, at least as my journey has progressed, a lot of it boils down to identity and purpose for me. And so then when I heard about this impact retreat, I got really excited. Um, of course, I wasn't able to go, but um, I think that's kind of where you had identified this need, right? Like guys, you know, if, if I don't know who I am, then I don't know what to do. And like, how do we help guys even just entertain that conversation? But talk to us a little bit about the impact retreat, kind of what spurred that um, on and, and how did it go? Really what, what spurred it was conversations that happened in QSource and the conversations that happened on pre-runs and conversations that happened at, at TNT when we started that and this yearning for, for more, hmm. for more of that. Um, the Jesuits have this term called the, the magis, which means the more, and how as human beings we should always pursue more. We always want the more, and, and we want the more for the greater good. And so I wanted more of that. I couple guys had made comments that they wanted more of it retreats mainly as a as a, a younger man had had as a high schooler and even in a college had had a profound impact on my life um, just being getting closer to God developing a personal relationship with, with Jesus looking to him more as like a, a friend um, that all happened through retreats, these super powerful conversations with small groups. Um, and as an adult, I've led a number of retreats uh, in my work at, at prep. And I see the impact that it has on, on young men, similar to I think what it had on me. And I'm like, you know, well maybe, maybe there's a place for this for adults. You know, I know that there's adult retreats out there and, and you can go to Cloisters on the Plaid and you can go to other men's retreats, but I want something with, with F3 guys, you know, because I feel such a strong connection with these guys already. And so I started talking to a couple guys about it, uh, LPC and Sparty mainly. And they're like, yeah, this, this would be awesome. So then between the three of us, uh, we, 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 added, we added grills. And so grills kind of became, uh, the four of us were kind of this core group. Um, the retreat was modeled after a retreat that uh, we do at Creighton Prep called Junior Encounter, but we modified it 
for, to fit more of an F3 theme. So um, it, it was a combination of small group talks and, and large group talks. And in the beginning when we decided to do this, um, you know, I was like, I don't know if anybody's going to sign up. You know, it's kind of like one of those things when you, like when I started the AO or when you when you start AOs, it's like, or when you're queuing, like, okay, who's going to show up? Right. You know, and I thought, you know, if we can get 10 guys, this would be awesome. If we could get 10 guys. And we had 34 guys sign up. Uh, 30 went on it. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, a couple guys came down with COVID before it, and a couple guys chose to not go just because of COVID, which I, I totally respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I get it. Uh, so we had 30 guys on the retreat. Um, we had five small groups. So we had five small group leaders. And it was a combination of small group discussion and large group discussion. And uh, you know, we dived deep mm-hmm. into certain topics. I mean, we talked about the, the topics are why am I here? Uh, we talked about obstacles to God's love. We talked about what does it mean to be a high impact man? And we explored how, how does God love me? And it, it, it was it was really cool as one of the directors. So Sparty and I directed it. Um, we didn't have our own small groups or anything like that. So, but to be able to kind of uh, see what is happening from afar or from like a behind the scenes standpoint, it was awesome to see the impact and the and the power that it had on the people who who were there. Yeah. And um, you know, as I as I talked about before, I experienced God through other people. I experienced God through these deep conversations like this. And so I really feel like on my spiritual journey, on my faith journey, that this was something selfishly that that I needed too, because I don't ever want to go back. To where I was, and if I don't keep doing stuff like this, then I have the tendency to forget, and and I might go back to where I hope I don't, you know. But if I keep doing stuff stuff like this, I'm confident that I'll never go back to where I was. So uh, it was it was incredibly powerful. Um, the group leaders did an incredible job, uh, and I told I told the guys that went on the retreat. I said you guys made this retreat what it was. Mm-hmm. Had you not been open to showing up, had you not been open to sharing, um, had you not been open to to kind of opening up your hearts, none of this works. Mm-hmm. It, it, it wouldn't work. And so it, it was, it was a, a really beautiful experience and um, you know, I look forward to, to doing it next year and I, I don't know what it's gonna look like next year. We'll, we'll see uh, whether it's the same or different or you know, um, it'd be nice for me to go, like, participate in it rather than direct it, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Was, do you feel like the, because I've been on some retreats before, and there's this, like, you know, the first maybe session or day is like a, let's do some icebreakers and get to know <laughs> you and, and try to, like, get the group to that place where they can open up. But I would imagine with F3 guys, that work's already been done, right? They're, they they yeah. kind of show up knowing hey, we're, we might get deep here because we, we're yeah. doing that on pre-runs and we're doing that in all these, these other places. But was that was that the experience? or, or? It, it absolutely was. Yeah. And so many of the retreats I've been a part of are with high schoolers. Mm. 
And so it takes that time for them to like get comfortable and open up and you gotta stop being cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, but the way you described it is exactly how it played out. I mean, these are guys who they're used to having these conversations, and I think a lot of them are used to having these conversations through their experience in F three. The you know a number of guys have been on a retreat before. A large contingency of them had not. This was their first ever exposure to a retreat. But anytime you go to a Q source or a TNT, you have a retreat type experience. Mm -hmm. So I think once they got, and we, we kept the elements of the retreat a surprise, a, a lot of them. But I think once they got there and, and kind of saw the format and how it was going to go, it was like, okay, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of used to this, you know. Um, the small groups, we picked them at total random. We drew them out of a hat. You know, because there was some discussion about, you know, do we put guys who know each other with each other or do we just do it randomly? And the majority, it was like everybody was like, "No, oh, we're gonna we're gonna let God guide this thing, and we're gonna do this randomly." That's cool. Um, and I, I, it worked out. It, you know, guys were with each other that had never met each other. Some guys did know each other that were in the same group, but it it, it really worked out. I, I do have to share one one story. So, there's a part of the retreat <clears throat> where we're sharing about something as a large group. So we're sitting in a circle, we put chairs in a circle, and, and we're, we're sitting down sharing. And the retreats I've, I've been a part of is the guy who's sharing holds a, a candle. And then when he's done sharing, he'll pass the candle to the next guy, and, the next guy and he shares. Well, <laughs> you got 30 guys uh, sitting in a circle, and we weren't passing a, a candle to each other. We were passing a Kleenex box <laughs> because guys were just sobbing yeah sobbing and i share that story as as a you know it, god worked in incredible ways and moved people in incredible ways on on that retreat uh i've never seen a kleenex box get passed from person to person on a retreat and i've also never seen a group of 30 guys just sobbing like babies yeah. <laughs> But it was it, it was neat, and I, I say that with total respect. Uh, yeah, you know, and um, but I, I'm I'm really glad we did it, and I'm super thankful for all the support from the people who attended. And I, I mean, I know people were praying for for us that at beat downs and and things like that. And um, you know, I I'd, I'd love for more people to be able to to go. However, we do it next year. Man, I commend you on doing it because um, I think you're providing something that like you said more that people are yearning for when you just go to a workout how much can you learn from a guy in a 30 second cot right then you start hitting cafeteria you go to a q source you're you're just you're joining these discussions free to lead you leave okay i've got a different perspective i've really gained a lot from that but i do want more and so to have a whole weekend dedicated to that and giving an opportunity for men to just be vulnerable with each other to go over some i mean yeah it's there's some direction that you're heading or whatever, and it, it's structured, which is good, but to give them that opportunity to have 30 men like you're talking about around the circle crying together, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty profound and powerful cool. stuff. So. Yeah, and I think it, part of it too, you can see the impact that F3 has through the wives 
ability to allow their spouse to go for two i mean seriously like yeah. you know that to take time away from fam to wives and family and guys some guys had to take off work one day and yeah. you know so sh so shout out to the wives the yeah, sure. of f3 that <laughs> you know the mistress thing you know i think that's just the joke right like maybe not in plague situation <laughs> but uh no, I mean, most wives are like, yeah, I mean, he spends a lot of time in F3, but they will always say, but he's better for it. Yeah. He's better man than he was before he had it. So, you know, yeah, there is this love-hate with it, and I think it's mostly love, though, from the wives. But, yeah, definitely respect to them for letting us kind of come out and do our thing. My M's have, or my M's, plural, <laughs> my M. <laughs> my M has made a, a comments to me in the past. She, She's told me, she goes, I, I can tell the, the days you go and the yeah. days you don't go. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I thought that was kind of kind of incredible. Yeah, I, I'll uh, keep it brief, but I think it's just timing. And, you know, if, if the time at which F3 enters your life is competing with your marriage and, you know, like at the time I started F3, I, I needed something that wasn't my wife. And, and so I think over time it's working, you know, between the two of us to remove some of those resentments that she might have towards something that's ultimately good, but, but has kind of, you know, been viewed as a distraction or another addiction for me, you know, and, um, I'll admit, you know, early on, it was, some of it is just, um, she, she has this view that when I show up to an F3 workout, I get out of my car and it's like a 90s rap video, you know, everybody's like, and, and that's, that has, I've tried to assure her that has never happened. If anything, it's crickets, right? Yeah. Cause people are like, oh my God, he's here. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, the, just the difference. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we talked about with, um, I think with Sparty is my, my goal this year is can I engage my wife in the F3 foundation event to give her a taste of that culture sure. so that she understands it's not like that. But, but I, I agree. I mean, yeah. you've got to have support from your M's to participate in some of this. So when I, when I do pre-runs, which I haven't been doing as much, I, sh I should do more, but when I do pre-runs and, and you show up, I, the thought goes through my head like, oh crap, I'm going to have to talk while I run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm working on, I think, uh, armbar and I might do a podcast over a run, uh, sometime, but I, you know, I, do this has been great and i think um we could probably talk for hours i, I think um, one of the things though that i, I really want to get your perspective on what advice do you have for guys that are already in f3 as a new guy joins the group how do we create that space that you felt i mean what are some of those key things that that make a guy like grab on like that and and then feel important gain their confidence i mean are there things we can do or is it just being consistent what's what's your thoughts there what can we be doing more of yeah I, picking up the six is huge mm -hmm. and, and i say that picking up the six i don't mean necessarily the the guy that's that's new and slowest but we got to pick up the six at a cafeteria i love that so maybe a guy is <laughs> is sitting off by himself or he's really new and engage him invite him over to sit with you talk to him while he's standing in line you know to me that's that's picking up the six um if there's a guy that's new that's at q source um and it's probably a little uncomfortable to share you know maybe pull him aside and say hey it'd be great to get your perspective on this maybe not today but you know mm -hmm. in the future um i think that's picking up the six so I think that's huge, making them feel a part of the community, uh, which so many guys do 
so well. Um, but I'm guilty of it. Like, I go to a cafeteria, and I immediately gravitate toward the guys sure. I know. Like, I, I'm looking for pantyhose and Chucky and nail it, and, you know. Right. And I could do a better job of of seeking out guys I don't know as well. Um, and even, I would say this too, uh, because I'm at fault for this as well. Hitting up different sites. Yeah. I'm never disappointed when I take the time to go to a, a different site. And I'm not even saying like, I don't even necessarily think you gotta go to a different site every week. You know, maybe once a month, twice a month, you say to yourself, I'm going to hit up, I've never been there, or I haven't been there in a while, and I'm going to go to that one. First of all, I think you you challenge yourself because you get out of your comfort zone and your routine. Mm -hmm. And secondly, you're probably going to run into somebody that you're going to have a meaningful conversation. I know I brought that up a lot, these meaningful conversations, but I I really value those, and and that happens. So, so yeah, I think picking up the six and, and trying to explore different sites every once in a while. I, I think that. it's important. Picking up the six, man, outside of the first step, <clears throat> I think uh, my mind is blown a little bit because uh, I, I, I haven't heard that, and I, it makes yeah. total sense though when you yes. say it that that's a that's not just a first F concept. Sure, that's that's phenomenal. What about you? What um, encouragement do you need if if guys see out there in the gloom? What uh, types of things should we be thinking about, praying about, or asking you about? Anything there? Boy, that's I wasn't expecting that question. <laughs> That's a Pony Express. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you let me ask it. <laughs> That's okay. You know, I, 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 need, I need a reminder to go. Hmm. Um, I talked to Nailed It a lot. Nailed It's like, you going tomorrow? And I'm like, hey, shoot me a text tonight and, and tell me to go. Hmm. You know, so that, that, that's what I need, the accountability. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I show up just because I know I, I told a guy that I was going to be there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I skip because I didn't tell anybody I was going to be there. Right. Yeah. So the accountability, keep keep me accountable. I, I would say that that's what I need. Love that. Love it. Well, uh, again, this has been great. You opened up your, your office and uh, your mind and your heart. And I think uh, we'll take us out to Namorama. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, Brandon Flea Hardy, 36, The Plague. Plague. We can do it. Oh, actually, we'll actually do Knuckles oh, this time. All right. <laughs> I'm John Whitworth, 30, Pony Express. Pony Express. Yes. Bradbrook's 40, Birdman. 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 Come on. <laughs> all right. Nice job, fellas. Thanks, guys. Oh, that was phenomenal. That was awesome.